Good morning, everybody. Um, I am excited, and th thank you, thank you, Vicky. And, and hopefully, uh, at the end of this, you will be excited too. Uh, and we will keep that excitement level through, and hopefully, it'll be uh, transformative, educational. Um, ah, no, actually, ho hopefully, we always learn something, but. Uh, Educational is probably a, a little bit formal. People don't really want to go back to uni uh, or like you join another webinar if you're at, at work and you kind of get all those emails about webinars and learn this and here's a white paper and things and or go, going back to school. Uh, we'll learn things, but we'll be transformed. Uh, that is, is the goal of every preach and uh, every message that is shared. Now, I have to thank Deno for his uh, generosity. He uh, popped out for a coffee this morning and said, oh, can I get you something? I said, oh, I don't drink coffee. So I asked something else. I said, oh, maybe a, maybe a V, uh, if they happen to have one at the coffee shop. Uh, he comes back with two full-size cans of V and said, oh, they had a two-four special, so uh, I got you two. Uh, I haven't drunk two, um, but I still kind of did a bit of a teenage thing and, and drank the full one. Uh, but I just need some water to balance the, um, what it does in the mouth. But um, Aaron uh, was able to benefit from the, the other can of V, and um, uh, so... Love generous people who just do things in the quiet, and um, we've got to acknowledge uh, Dano and Loretta, their, their service in the last couple of weeks, and just another example uh, of great people we have that just serve quietly and do great things in church. So we're here at the final week of community service, and we've been exploring the idea of uh, service for the community, and has quite the opposite of a forced sentence, as might be implied by the image behind me. It's actually a path to personal freedom and community building, and I hope to conclude that for you today and get to the personal freedom part. In the first week, uh, we learnt about uh, who to follow the example of, as Liz mentioned before, Jesus, uh, and what was said about him, hundreds of years before he was born, what he fulfilled in his life, uh, and by his word and his actions. A great example, the ultimate servant who laid down his life for you and me. Then last week, uh, we learned about why we should serve. Because Jesus uh, told us to serve one another was one part, but not just because he told us, but what he's done for us, as Liz was uh, saying, healing, provision, uh, salvation, eternal life, and wanting to help others experience their own encounters with Jesus. So that's the who and the why, and today, like a good journalist or article writing, we're going to fill one of those other ones, how. I want to explore how, not how to serve, how to play the keys, because uh, it's probably muted, but the extent of my keys playing is things like this. Uh, I don't know where the volume knob is. But <laughs> see, that's the extent of my keyboard playing skills. <laughs> I don't know where the volume knob is. So thank you. That kind of worked out quite well accidentally. Uh, 
So not how to do that, not how to put the pulpit here, thank you, David, not how to make coffee, but how are we able to serve? How are we able to have the ability to serve? Some of it comes from the foundational things that we've built over the last two weeks. We can serve because of the example of Jesus, as just mentioned. We can serve because we want to bring others to Jesus. But to build on that foundation, how do we put servanthood into practice? How can we serve others when times get tough and rough? How do we position our heart to that of servanthood? How can we put others first when there's so much going on in our own world? Well, I think the ability to serve and put others first, large part of that comes from trusting God. The ability to trust God with what is best for us, that as we follow him, as we serve him and his people, he has things taken care of in our world. We trust God with what is best for us, that we don't know all. We trust God that as we lose our life by serving him, we lay down our life for Jesus, we will find it in him, in his community, in his relationship with him. Matthew 10, 39 says, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. When we grip life so hard in fear of losing it, is when we actually can choke it to death. It is the fear of losing what we have, not learning to trust or lean on faith. The ability to be a servant and have the heart of servanthood, we need to trust God with our time, our resources. Great example, we've just had... Uh, giving, offering, tithes, whatever word you use to describe it. That is a great practical example of trusting God with our finances. We need to learn to trust God with relationships. As we serve him, as we serve community, there are relationships in that. Some good, some bad, some go up and down. We need to trust God that he is working through these things. Now, trust requires faith. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If we need confidence or assurance that as we serve God, everything will be okay, faith helps us to trust in him. And it's not just about having a heart of a servant. If we have the heart of a servant, if our heart has changed to that, of a servant, action will flow out from that. And you'll see a changed life by the actions and deeds of that person. James chapter two, James writes, but someone will say you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. I will show you my faith, my belief, my trust in God by what I'm doing, by my lifestyle, by my actions. That's what that's saying. As we step out in faith and trust, we have everything we need when we put God first. Because God never fails. He is consistent when the world is not. 
He is consistent even when we are not. Put his cares first and watch what happens in your life. Experience joy and peace in a way never have before. By trusting and serving him, you can begin to feel purpose and meaning behind the things we do every day. And this is where I mentioned from the first week about how serving can be a pathway to personal freedom. If you're lacking in purpose and meaning in in your world, trusting and serving God is a pathway to finding that purpose and meaning. We need to trust God that as we are selfless and put others first, he takes care of the big things and the small things. Matthew chapter 6, this great passage, Jesus says, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body or what you are wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now, I've, I've, there's more to this passage, but it's going to pause here. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? When I, um, I never noticed this before, but as I pasted it into my notes, there's the, an alternate uh, interpretation of that verse. I came across as I pasted it in and said, or a single cubit to your height is an alternate understanding of add a single hour to your life. Other language would say, can you add a single cubit to your height? It's an interesting way because we, we think about adding an hour to our life and this is, that's kind of a nice philosophical thing about do not worry and it's not going to extend your life so kind of move on. But when you think about adding a single cubit to your height by worrying and not trusting God, for all the short people here, <laughs> you might relate to this. I, I, w- I wasn't going to name names. but. But it, it, it makes it very black and white that, you know, there's this thing about how do, how do you measure an hour to your life by worrying, but by not adding a single cubit to your height. A cubit um, is one and a half feet. Yes. So saying very black and white, you cannot get taller by worrying. So... <laughs> Vicky trusts God a lot. <laughs> a lot. She does not worry. She has high trust. But it goes from this thing, of how, how do you measure the, the worry of not adding to your life? But you cannot change your physical stature by worrying more. Very kind of interesting addition of a, a very kind of measurable thing to that verse. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
shows you where Jesus' priorities and value is. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Sometimes we know that verse, but kind of miss what comes before that. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, but for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We need faith and trust to move past worry. And I was thinking as we were uh, praying this morning as well, every time we worry about one of those things, if we just turn that to prayer, it's a great way of trusting God and leaning on faith in every one of those circumstances. Trust is learning not to worry, but leaning into faith. When we let worry overtake, we go into self-preservation mode and control. We try to control our circumstances rather than rest in the knowledge that God is working them out. When we try to control our circumstances, we tend to pull back on serving him because we're focused on our own how, our own process, rather than just serving and trusting. We can have a hard time letting go of a self-preservation instinct. But if you think about it, when you've seen God begin to move in your life, you begin to realise you have no reason not to trust him. Liz gave some great examples of things that have happened in her life. Even though she left me out of it. <laughs> After all, he saved us from our own sin and meaningless existence and given us eternal life. So we learn to trust him with knowing what's best for us and believing that he can take care of the things that we need. Is this what you expected to hear talking about serving and servanthood? And when we let that part of our lives go, we have so much more time, energy and focus to extend to those who don't even know about God's love for them. The Bible talks about, Jesus talks about, he makes us into a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. A good example of how we see this approach of servanthood and trust this control and self-preservation is in how we can approach the topic of serving in church. I mentioned in the first week that the word serve appears 341 times in the Bible. Servant, 839 times. However, the word volunteer appears five times. And it's worth, I think, discussing the differences because we are quite familiar with the word volunteer. We, we use it uh, in church, we use it outside of church. We, I think people in our culture understand what volunteer means. Now, volunteerism, volunteer versus servanthood, just some things to consider in, in the language and how we might consider these things. I think if we leaning on being a volunteer and volunteerism, 
Things tend to be on our own time when it's convenient for us. Maybe we choose to do that because we have some free time and we will kind of plan that in. To volunteer could be something that's temporary. Might be for an event or for a a particular period of time. But servanthood requires sacrifice. It's not about being members of a club. We serve the body, we serve each other. And it's a lifestyle, servanthood. Now, volunteering comes out of service, comes out of a life of servanthood. And we don't have to be religious about adherence to word volunteer or serving. Sometimes they use it interchangeably and it's fine. And not crashing down on anybody for using volunteer. But where the heart of servanthood has been replaced by the actions of just volunteering, then we need to check our heart and see what God saying to us about that. We should take note of that difference and seek how we can get back to servanthood through trust, through faith, through leaning on God in all circumstances. Because if we do that, we have the strength and the ability to live a life of servanthood. Now, we have used the word volunteer in this church for quite a while, a few years now, uh, as a way of making it understandable in culture and getting people to be involved and uh, being part of our community. But we're going to start to make some gradual changes, changing from, in our rosters, and our systems, from volunteer to serve and serving. Because we want to change the language and how we plan things and how we operate. Because we want to elevate and highlight that everybody that is partaking in this community is serving. Have a life of, and a heart and a sacrifice. The sacrificing as a servant, all modelled by Jesus, as we talked about in the first week. Now, it might not always make sense in our culture of egalitarianism, equity and equality, depending which kind of part of that and which situation uh, you're living in and consider to be talking words of being a servant and servanthood. Why should I serve other people? We're all kind of equal or equal opportunity or equity. And... But I think because of cultural circumstances, where we are at, it is more important than ever to make a distinction that we are a community of servants. We serve each other. We serve Jesus. We serve this community. You serve your local community, your street, your neighbours, the school you're a part of. You serve your work community. And this is community service. Ask George to come up. Now, I want to take a moment just to reflect on the last three weeks, but particularly today. Maybe you've been challenged around the idea of being a servant and is my heart in that place of freely serving or am I kind of just doing what's convenient and kind of putting things in a little box? 
a little time box, a little skill, skill box. But I want to have an opportunity while we're talking about servanthood to have a moment to um, consider, are we trusting God? Are we living in fear and control and self-preservation? Or do we need a bit of breakthrough in how we trust God? That we can step out of faith, trust that as we serve him, as we live a lifestyle modelled by Jesus, we will have everything we need when we put God first. Just ask everybody to stand. Let's just close our eyes and just take a moment with some music. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Is there something that's holding you back from living a life of servanthood to Jesus? Is there a circumstance or a situation where you need to lean, lean on God, trust Him, lean on faith? As we're standing here, hand these things over. Let the Holy Spirit reveal them in your heart. And as you do, you see freedom, you see purpose, you see meaning and the actions of the family you're in, the community you're in. Jesus, help us to trust in you. Maybe there's a bit of repentance that might need to happen where you've been controlling and holding on and trying to change behaviours and circumstances and patterns of living to bring about change in your world. And it's tiring. It's binding you up. Let it go this morning. Holy Spirit, work in us and through us this morning. Where people have been waiting for breakthrough, have been trusting and putting their faith in you, God. Again, as we prayed earlier, we pray for breakthrough and provision and circumstances and relationships, people coming back to you.
breaking through knowledge and patterns and behaviours and your Holy Spirit softening hearts, bringing people back to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you were a model of servanthood and that we follow you and what you did for us. And just while we're standing here, yeah, eyes closed and reflecting on the life of Jesus, if you haven't made a decision to follow him or you would like to remake that decision because life has gotten away and got complicated and messy and you feel far from him, I encourage you after the service, we'll have a couple of people up here for prayer. Come and be humble and trust, trust God. Hand your life over. Make that decision. Live a life following him. You'll find purpose and meaning. We're good for time and I just don't want to rush. Might be a bit awkward, a bit of space, a bit of silence, except for when I'm talking. Let's just take an extra minute or two. We're good for time. Coffee line hasn't started yet. Holy Spirit. Thank you for the servants in our community. Help us to trust you. Lean not on our own understanding. those in self-preservation mode Holy Spirit just come give them faith give them a hug just feel the love of Jesus right now
I've been there, I understand. Jesus understands. That's why we can trust him. Receive from him this morning. Fresh anointing. You're weary. Take a step of faith, put your hands out, reach out, whatever it takes inside. Kneel, stand, receive from him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you. We lean on you. We have that assurance. It comes from faith the one who died for us.